0: Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight. A time to go through your teaching, especially on the subject matter relating to our souls. Dear Lord, tonight, may you grant the utterance May you all give each one of us understanding, and may we live here better prepared to do what is needful, and to draw us closer to you, and even for the assignment and the charge that is set out for us. May you lead, O oh Lord, and take your glory, in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Tonight, we are looking at a subject, the dangers of a lost soul. The dangers of a lost soul. For the outline, I will do a quick background, then we will look at Psalm 6. Specific dangers I have listed. Then we will look at some threats to our souls. And then we draw some conclusions. And we are looking at this topic in the context of the theme that we have for this month relating to evangelism. Specifically, To evangelize is to spread the gospel simply to somebody who hasn't heard and is lost and has not given his or her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're talking about an individual spiritual entity with a material body, an individual, spiritual entity with a material body. In relating to our contest of evangelism, we all know or we are expecting that we're all sinners, but by God's grace. God made a provision for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And for those who have accepted Him as their Lord and Savior, we can say that we've chosen a certain path. A path where truly we can say that we're living for Christ. A path where we can say that we are born of the Spirit. In Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, we are perfecting holiness. We are keeping our white garments. We are diligently ensuring that we are without spots. No blemish. We are walking the path that Christ walked. We can see that we are growing up in Him. We are fellow citizens, the saints. But there are others who are out of this path. Completely lost. They have not been privileged to accept what you and I will call the gospel. A simple message. Some have struggled with it. And have not accepted the simple message. And that is what we are looking at and say that for any individual who has not accepted Christ, And Christ is not reigning in his or her life in this context where I say that that soul is lost. But that cannot be a pleasant situation for any individual to be lost. It is not an option that anyone can opt and say this is where I want to be. To be lost. That is why it is important. That we are looking at this subject matter. Of dangers. Of a lost soul. For somebody who is lost. And whose soul is lost. In Genesis chapter 3. Verse 8 to 10. When Adam and Eve sinned what they did was to hide from the almighty God. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. How would any individual decide to hide from God? But when the soul is lost, it hides from God. It hides from the presence of God. That soul cannot stand in the presence of God. That is the soul which is lost. The reason is that the presence of God is totally engulfed with fire. In Ecclesiastes, in Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 4 and 27, for those whose souls are lost, they just cannot be in the presence of God. Adam and Eve ran hid themselves. In Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 4, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud, and a fire enfolding itself, and the brightness was about it. And out of the mist thereof was the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. If you look at the very first verse, it spoke about when Ezekiel set eyes on God. He said the fire around is said that for those who are lost they cannot get close to where the fire of the Lord is. The reason is that and Adam set the example he just could not stand in the presence of God. Because all around the almighty God is fire. All around God is fire. And it stems from the word. People cannot stand in the presence of God. As the word comes forth, if you are lost, you can't stand. It hits you. The word comes. It burns every shaft. It burns every undesirable Pleasure or desire, and for those who are they cannot stand but to run away because you just cannot stand, they just cannot stand from the presence. And that particular four verse repeated in 27 of the same Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 27. And the word of God, we all know in Jeremiah chapter 23. 29 says it is fire. And for everybody, who, any person, individual who is lost, they can stand where the Word of God is. Because as they see the Word of God, as they hear the Word of God, as they come into contact with the Word of God, it burns something which is undesirable. And they don't want that. They don't want that. So what they will do is to run away from where the word of God is. These days we are using our iPhones, our tablets. But for somebody who is lost, if you see his or her Bible, it has not been opened. And there is a reason. The reason is that the word of God is fire. And for that soul that is lost, to get close to the word of God is not a pleasant thing for that individual. And today I can tell you, there are many people, they may be in church, but if they are lost, they will not want to hear the truth. Because the truth will touch something in their lives. And they don't want that situation. And that situation can be dangerous where you are there, and you are running away from the truth. But it is the truth that will purge you. It is the truth that will prune you. It is the truth that will refine you. It is the truth that will purify you. But that truth, for anyone who is lost, The truth is that don't get near. They won't touch the Bible because the Bible will begin to speak things that will touch on their matter. And for that reason, they won't open the Bible. And today there are many people like that. For Whoever is lost, you look at their Bible, even their names have not been written inside. And that will tell you the state of that individual. That's what I'm saying today because of the phones that we are using. Even when we are going off, we wouldn't know. But if that individual has really a Bible and has not touched it, then you see the state of that soul. And that soul is completely lost. Within the same danger, That soul cannot have communion or fellowship with the Lord. Because again, in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, the truth will be told. For such people, in a gathering where you are talking about repentance, you are talking about holiness, you are talking about righteousness, they won't stand. But that is the place where they will get their redemption. But that is the place that they will run away from. That is why in a church where that church is on fire and we're talking about repentance, those who are lost will not like to be there because you tell the truth too much. They will run away from there. But that is where their deliverance will come from. Especially if it is the church where God will speak, they know that God knows too much. And something concerning us, God will speak. So their decision is don't go there because God will touch on your matter. That is the soul. Which is lost. And doesn't want to come close to God. Because in that environment. God will speak. There's a manifestation. Of the power of God. So that place. They won't come close. Because the power of God will be revealed. And as the power of God is revealed. That's shaft in them that fearful situation will be revealed. And for them, that is not the place to be. But that can be dangerous. Because that is where that soul that is lost can be rescued. But that is where that soul will not come. So you may find yourself in a church who may have a name, but is dead. That is where they will prefer to go to. Because in that church, nobody talks about holiness. Nobody talks about Repentance rather we are all blessed you will receive it there that soul will be comfortable to sit but when the truth comes out that soul is not ready to sit that soul will not be at a place where there will be a prophetic utterance concerning their situation that is the soul which is lost So for the first point, I'm talking about the first danger, which is it runs away from the presence of God. That soul would not want to touch a Bible. That soul is lost, and it can be dangerous. That soul rejects the communion with the Almighty God. That soul does not test for God. That soul does not yearn for God. That soul does not seek God. That soul does not love God. That soul would not serve God. That soul would not obey God. So, for this first part if such is a soul which will run away from the presence of God, you and I have a very big assignment. And for such people, sometimes it's not ordinary. There is a yoke that has to be broken by the power of God. And if we desire to go forth, ordinary just sharing the gospel won't do anything. Because for some of them, it is spiritual. And if we don't identify that and deal with it, that's why a lot of such people, you speak to them, you share the gospel with them, but nothing comes through. Because you are dealing with something that you don't understand. You are dealing with a spiritual issue. And it takes prayer and an anointing to break that hold. Hallelujah. So I've spoken of the fact that. The first danger, it runs away from the presence of God, runs away from the word of God, runs away with any communion with God. The third point is that such a soul has been captured by Satan. Such a soul has been captured by Satan. And as Chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. It says, But a certain man named Ananias with wife, Sapphira, sold a possession, and kept back part of the prize, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, "Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost, to keep back part of the price of the land? He's been captured by Satan. Satan has filled his heart. That is the soul that is lost." That soul's heart is filled by Satan. That soul, which is captured by Satan, also engages Satan in the conversation, as happened in the case of Eve. So they will have time even to engage Satan, but that soul has even run away from the presence of God, and it has time to engage with Satan. Also that soul, which is captured by Satan, has time to even negotiate with Satan, like Judas. That is the soul which is lost. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 16, a soul that is lost has time to negotiate with Satan. The example of Judas is clear. He says, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? It is only a soul that is lost that will ask, What will you give me? So he says, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Verse 16. And from that time, he sought all the opportunity. To betray him. Today all what we are going through, whether it is comprehensive sex education, all those who are involved, is because their souls are lost. It's as simple as that. Otherwise you will not negotiate with Satan. It is coming from the home of Satan. Once you sit to negotiate, it can be over a loan or agreement. The agenda that you are pursuing there's only a soul that is lost that will sit down and do such a negotiation. If you know the truth and you stand for God, you will not do that. Hallelujah. A soul that is lost also allows there's always an opening for Satan to enter. Luke chapter 22 verse 3. Luke 22 verse 3. He says, then Satan entered into Judas, sending named Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Again, a door had been opened, and Satan entered. So, so long as you are not in the presence of God, you've rejected the word of God, you'll be captured by Satan. And once you are captured by Satan, know that you are lost. He will fill your heart. He will engage you all manner of negotiations and then he enters into your system. And for that time, you become an instrument for Satan to use. The fourth point is that for a soul which is lost, it has fallen from grace to grass. And again the typical example is Judas. Judas and even Psalm forty one verse nine, Christ described him as a familiar friend. But in Matthew nineteen twenty eight he even had a throne. In Matthew nineteen twenty where Matthew nineteen twenty eight Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. At a certain point, he had a position, a judge to sit and judge. But when that soul is lost, we know what happened to Judas. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7, we are told he even had part, a portion in the ministry. And even in Acts chapter 1, verse 20, told he was even the bishop. But when that soul is lost, it falls from grace. And there is nothing for it. Let's quickly look at Acts chapter 1 verse 17. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Before he was lost, he had a portion in the ministry. Let's look at verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Judas lost because his soul was lost. Somebody who was called a familiar friend of Christ, he lost his part in the ministry, that title of bishop, he said, let's give it to somebody else. That is when you lose your soul. Will anybody want to go on that path? Certainly no. But that can be dangerous for any soul. In the case of Samuel, Samuel, when he lost that situation, he even started engaging spirits. Saul, so, uh, so, that is First Samuel chapter 28, verse 6 to 8. First Samuel chapter 28, verse 6 to 8. That is when you are falling from grace and favor. You now even start consulting. Instead of consulting the Almighty God, inquiring from the Almighty God, you start consulting spirits. And that can be dangerous for any soul. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him, not neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that have a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, Behold, There is a woman that has a familiar spirit at end. That is when your soul is lost and you have let the presence of God, you cannot even inquire of God, you begin to turn to spirits and other mediums. That can be dangerous for any soul. The fifth point, you know, in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, our God is a long, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, All oh, despises thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You see, there's a boundary. Our God is long suffering. We can be misbehaving he will allow us more room but we should not despise the riches of that goodness and forbearance of the lord if we cross a certain line romans 1 26 will tell you he will give you up and that is for his soul that is lost so god is long-suffering but in Romans chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. Romans chapter 1 verse 26 to 28. For this cause, that's what I'm saying, after, after all the long suffering, after all the forbearance, after all what he would do to try and encourage you, if you still become stubborn, what will happen? That For this cause, God will give you up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature 27 and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman bend in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meet in the verse 28 And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Again, that is dangerous to a soul which is lost. God will give you more room. But when that soul is lost, God gives you up. It is not Satan who has Taking you. But if God says, I've given you up, where else can you turn to? If the almighty God gives you up, the situation can be dangerous. And let's not think that always we will do things, we ask for forgiveness, we are still misbehaving, we do what is not right, God forgives us. For me, this scripture is very fearful to come to the point when God says, I've given you up. And that can be dangerous for any soul which is lost. In the same vein, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 through to 11, it says, "Then." And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even whom whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and the verse 10. And with all the deceitfulness and unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of God, that they might be saved. There is verse 11. And listen to the verse, verse 11. For this cause, God shall send them what? A strong delusion. That they should believe a lie. Again, that is scary. For God to give you up. For God to send a strong delusion. That you should even believe a lie. That can be dangerous for any soul which is lost. That is why we should not be taking our walk with God light. For God to give you up. For God to send a strong delusion for you to fall from grace or favor or to be captured by Satan or to run away from the presence of God where you don't even test for God. You don't seek God. You don't yearn for God. That is a dangerous situation. But that is for a soul which is lost. I don't think anyone would desire to find themselves in such a situation. Hallelujah. And as we continue, there are certain threats that we all need to consider, that we all need to be mindful of. Because if we don't, we find ourselves. And what you are saying is that for the soul that is lost, there may be those who never knew Christ. But there are others who come in. But they've now gone back. And once you go back, all these dangers are there staring at you. And that is why we all need to be careful about these four threats that I'm going to mention and to be careful with them. The first one is with the flesh. It is still the flesh that has become the waterloo for many of us. It is still the flesh even though we are spending a better part of it, and we know that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, unfortunately, that is where we are spending most part. And the contradiction is that it is that same flesh that will bring us down. But many of us are taking the light. And I don't know how we are all dealing with this. That's why we say we need to crucify this flesh. If the flesh is not crucified, what we should know is that if you are not careful, it's going to deal with your soul. And as it deals with your soul, you'll get lost. And as you get lost, all the dangers that I've listed, you can then be sure that you'll be in trouble. We need therefore to crucify the flesh. That is why Christ said there is the need to be born of the Spirit. Church is talking about discipleship. That is the only place you can deal with the flesh. Are we interested in dealing with the flesh? Discipleship is not just for those at the lower level of the church. That is the most serious thing. Because it is the desire to be like Christ. If that desire to be like Christ is not there, and you don't deal with the flesh, what is going to happen is that the flesh will become the same instrument or factor that will make you lose your relationship with Christ. The second one has to do with the devil. The second threat has to do with the devil. And I don't know how you read scripture, especially if you read Genesis chapter three, how it describes the devil. That should frighten everybody. Some editions say he's crafty. Some says he is cunning. Some says he's the shrewdest of all. Some say he's so we should know what we are dealing with. And I say sometimes, you know, the way the devil deals with us sometimes. Have you seen a cube of sugar and an ant? Have you seen that small ant can deal with a cube of sugar? Have you asked yourself how they deal with it? That cube of sugar will be there. But that little ant can eat away that cube of sugar. How did they do it? That is how the devil works. Crafty. Little by little, it eats you away before you realize that soul is lost. Because if the devil was to come here with the costume of Tiggery, I'm sure we won't won't go near it. But when it comes like the angel of light, you will not see it. And that is what is happening to many of us. And we are losing our souls. Shall we endeavor to be careful of the devil? Otherwise you will lose your soul and you will stand in danger. The third one has to do with the world. And I've come to realize that the world and the powerful forces behind it are really powerful. I mean, I was even sad to know that. I don't know how many of you know this U.S. restaurant. Is it Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. I don't know how many of you know about it. Very strong Christian restaurant in the U.S. Stood for Christian principles. But the way, in the U.K., I think a couple of months ago, and they, they normally give donations to some charities. And some of the charities said they won't give to the gay community. So they decided not to release, renew their lease. And that Christian organization has virtually caved in. And that is how powerful the word forces are. So they would rather cave in. You know, this gay movement, I believe they are a very minority. They are doing things. they seem to control the bigger forces all over the world, and that is where the world system is. So they are swallowing up everybody. And better, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. That's why we all need to be careful at the Broadway and we think that is where everybody is going. But the world, the devil, the flesh. These these threads so far, we need to be careful. Hallelujah. The, fir- the fourth thread is our own roots. Our own roots. And let's look at Romans chapter 11 verse 16. Romans 11 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lamb is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Maybe let's look at the NLT. Either NLT or NIV. NLT first. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy, because the portion given is an, as an offering is holy for if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches what we will be holy will for if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be English is beating me tonight. (laughs) And I'm saying these roots. And for most of us. Our roots. Where we are coming from. Has even become. A stumbling block. And has turned many of us. To be sinners. And our souls are lost. We don't even know our roots. And if our roots are not holy, then where we are coming from? The branches cannot be holy. And that is where we need knowledge. What I've observed is that we lack knowledge. In Hosea 4 verse 6, it says what? For lack of knowledge, my people do what? He didn't say for lack of prayer. But we have knowledge. That is where I believe that the children of this world are wiser than us. The children of this world know this environment more than us. We lack knowledge. We lack the knowledge of our environment. Because of how many souls are being lost. But if the roots are holy, the branches will be what? Holy. If the roots are not holy, the branches will not be holy. Do you know your roots? Matter of Do you know your roots? How, how, how has it affected your work with God? Are we dealing with it? Otherwise, you ask yourself, why would even a moderator who had certain roots at the time of his death ended at a shrine. You don't know. And that is if you don't deal with the roots. You look surprised. That is a fact. And that is how serious roots and where we are coming from can be. If a whole moderator by the time he had to leave this earth Ended back in the family shrine. Then you ask yourself, so where was the moderatorship? And I say, these are the threats to our soul. I've spoken about the flesh, the devil, the world, and our roots. But Hosea 4 6, like I said, for lack of knowledge, we do what? It didn't say for lack of prayer. Sometimes we even lack spiritual insight. And that is the cause of, for some of our issues. But like I said, the children of the world are wiser than us. Let's be wiser than them. The most fearful thing in all of this is that when that soul is lost, is the ultimate death. And for me, if you look at Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 to 15, where even speaks about Revelation 20:15, uh, Revelation chapter 20:12 to 15. 12 to 15. <clears throat> and I saw the dead small and great stand before God, and the books were opened. Another book was opened. What is the book of life? And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. But this is the serious matter. And this is the second So ultimately, as that soul is lost, and if nothing happens, that will be the ultimate situation of that soul. But I know that it doesn't come easy. There is hope, but it doesn't come cheap. Because when the devil gets a hold of you, he doesn't release you that easily. In Isaiah chapter 49 verse 24 to 26. Isaiah 49 24 to 26. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? But that is where the hope comes in. Let me go back to the 24. Maybe Give it to me in NLT. Who can snatch the plunder Of war from the hands of a warrior. Who can demand. A tyrant. Let go. Let his captives go. When Satan has captured somebody. Scripture is saying that. Who can snatch. The plunder of war. From the hands of a warrior. Who can demand. That a tyrant. Let his captives go. Remember I told you. Some are captured by Satan. But there is hope in the verse 25. But the Lord, but the Lord, but the Lord says the captives of warriors will be what? Will be released. And the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children. So brethren, there is hope. That is why as we sang Are we ready to rescue the people? Yes, there are dangers of souls that are lost. They will run away from the presence of God. They will run away from the word. They may be captured by Satan. They may have fallen from grace or favor. God may have said enough is enough. But scripture says, even those who are captured, a day will come. Where God will say the captives will be released. And that is the work for you and I. Are we ready to work with God to release the captives who have been captured by Satan? Are we ready to take up our assignment? God has given us the hope that the captives will be released. Those who are lost and are in the wilderness, God will bring them back. Are we ready to work with God? We are in the month of evangelism. God says he will release those who have been captured. If we will rise up, God will stand with us. Hallelujah. In conclusion, my prayer is that no soul will be lost. None of us will backslide. Our desire is that we will stand before the throne of the Most High. For we have come to Mount Zion, where the innumerable saints are. And I believe our marching to Zion is forever. There is no turning back. Hallelujah. No soul should be lost. Because the dangers of a soul that is lost, for me, are fearful. Let's march on to Zion. And for the, those that the tyrants have captured, God said He will release them. He fully will rise up. Are we ready to rise up? May the Lord be with us. Amen.